welcome. Stephen Ash here, your host, welcoming all of you to our introductory episode of There is a River podcast. And this is meant to be an encouragement to everyone who follows Christ and really an exploration of all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus that God pours out on us so graciously day after day after day. So this is done with a strong conviction that the Lord is good, that the Lord is gracious and good to us, and that as we run to Him, we will be satisfied, and our cup will overflow, like Psalm 23 says. So today I just want to give you all an introduction, sort of share the scope and the intention of this podcast, uh, which I pray the Lord will continue to, to use and to guide and to shape into something that brings Him glory, that blesses the people of God. So, uh, primarily, I just want to share the scriptures with you that I hope will guide this podcast, shed some light on this thought that God has provided more blessing than we can ever receive, um, and just open up discussions on how to live in that blessing, because sometimes we don't feel like our cups are overflowing. Sometimes we don't feel entirely satisfied, but we want to keep that conviction that what we need for satisfaction, what we need for our cup to overflow, is available in Jesus Christ. So, I suppose I should explain the title. <laughs> Before I do that, though, I want to insert one verse first that I think um, captures the vision. Though it's not the title, <laughs> it does capture the vision um, of sort of the idea of we, what we want to share in this podcast. So that comes from John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 7, verse 37. So this is early in Jesus' ministry. It says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. A simple phrase. Um, you know, we don't often see Jesus standing up and crying out. Sometimes we do. Uh, sometimes he's secretive, you know. Don't tell anybody that I healed you. See that nobody finds out about this, but here he's unapologetic, stands up, cries out, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And that's the invitation of Christ that we here at um, There's a River podcast are so passionate about pursuing, about accepting, about accepting the invitation. Because let's just ask, is anybody thirsty? Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, any man or woman are we thirsty? I think the answer is yes. We all have thirst, desires within us, uh, ranging over a huge, vast range, right, of different desires that we have, desires for belonging, for peace, for joy, for relief sometimes. So many thirsts that we have. And what are we instructed to do as followers of Jesus? To go to Him and drink. So with that attitude in mind that He does, uh, have what we need to be satisfied. Let's go to him. The next verse there in John chapter 7 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's another thing we're interested in, is as we come to him with our thirst and we drink and we're satisfied, that the blessing that he gives us would overflow in rivers of living water to bless everyone around us. So let me now explain the title, some of you may have already guessed it, may have already put the pieces together, but it comes from Psalm 46, beloved psalm um, that is near and dear to many, especially in this time. I just want to read the first five verses here. 
It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. So there is a river. It'll make glad the city of God, the people of God. There is a flow of abundance in life that will make glad the city of God. And we want to be a part of that. That's why we're here talking about this. And I love, too, that it comes in a context um, of trouble, right? It says God is our refuge and strength, but he's a help in trouble. And we're not going to fear. I think there is a lot of fear in the world right now. We can see it in many, many cases. I probably don't even have to enumerate them. There's a lot of fear out there. Fear of what could happen. Fear of what has happened. Fear of the worst is out there. But this verse says we don't need to fear. Even if the earth is removed, that's dramatic. <laughs> even if the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea, even if the waters roar and are troubled, the mountains shake, we're not going to be afraid. Why? Because we have a river of life that none of those troubles can shake. There is a river, and there always will be a river of life and blessing flowing from the throne of God, no matter what happens on this earth. And that, to me, is of immense comfort and it's necessary I think you know as we go about our lives we're very busy these days we're doing a lot we're easily distracted and things are going on that are actually troublesome we wouldn't want to minimize that but in the midst of that it's so helpful to stop just stop and remember there's a river there's a river of blessing nothing on this earth can change that later in the chapter it'll say be still which kind of, I think, means stop what you're doing and pay attention. Be still and know that I am God. And none of these troubles we've talked about, none of the troubles that may be coming up in your mind now, none of them change that. None of them change God saying, I am God and I will be known. Um, so it's just a tremendous, tremendous blessing that we have. Tremendous promise that God is there. Nothing's going to change that. So this is not a, you know, a magic trick here to remember this and all your problems will go away, but it's a, it's a reminder that there's life to be had in the midst of the trials of this life. There's blessing to be had. God is still good. He's good to us right here, right now. And so I want to move on with a few more scriptures. I may get a little redundant today in these scriptures, but I think it's worth it just to explain the wealth of, of scriptures that deal with the, the river of blessing that flows from the throne of God. So one of the most, one of the passages that probably comes to people's mind first on this topic is Revelation 22. In Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2, it says, And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bore twelve tines of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. 
and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. To me, this is just a tremendous picture of the abundance of the king we serve. He is so gracious. He's so abundant. The way that he blesses is, is beyond even our capacity to receive, as it says in Malachi. And so, just a wonderful picture. Can you imagine the true river? By the way, this is a real river. <laughs> a real river that flows from the throne of God. And the tree of life is there. Can you imagine just the beauty of the picture? Of the, the river and the tree of life. Of all the fruits that are for the healing. The leaves of the tree that are for the healing of the nations. It's just an image, I think, of the abundance of our God. So another place we find this in scriptures in Ezekiel chapter 47. You remember Ezekiel had uh, a vision which is recounted over several chapters of, of a temple, the temple of God. Perhaps a vision of the city of the New Jerusalem, but a vision of this glorious temple where God dwells. And he goes through several chapters and describes and measures it, right? The angel measures it. But he comes down to chapter 47, and he talks about under the door to the place where God lives, under the door of the temple, there flowed forth water. And this water flowed um, down toward the east. And he went with the angel who was measuring, and he measured a certain distance out from the temple. And the water came up to his ankles, and they went further. And the water came up to his knees, he went further. The water came up to his loins, and then it says, the water became so great that you couldn't measure it. It was a river so great that it couldn't be crossed. Just a vast, vast river of, of the life of God, the river of life. Flowing directly, it says, from the throne, from the throne of God. And then I want to focus on verses 7 through 9. They just paint such a beautiful picture here of what this river does, how it interacts with nature with us. It says, When I returned there along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, This water flows toward the east, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because the waters go there. For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. I just love that. Everything will live wherever the river goes. So wherever the life of God goes, there's life. There's life to be had in this river, which represents the life and the blessing of Almighty God. And so in this podcast, we want to address how do we stay in this this river that brings healing, that brings life. Um, we're going to explore how to walk with God in this. We're going to explore what kind of things prevent sometimes these life-giving waters from reaching us. So for now, I just want this thought to, to percolate in your brain, to you to think about this, what is available in this river. Just let it become real to you. And so I love this level of thinking, sort of this high maybe not as practical level. I think it's very, very powerful, but let's do make this a little more personal and ask, what does the Bible have to say about, you know, specifically, how do we live in this, in this river of the life of God? 
For that, first I want to turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1, the first few verses here, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So here we see again, by the rivers of water. We read in Ezekiel that there were trees planted all along the rivers of water. Perhaps he knew of this psalm, was referencing this psalm, or maybe it's just an image that God loves to repeat over and over again. But it says that we can be like one of those trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit constantly. We never go out of season. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like I go out of season. I don't want to go out of season in bringing forth fruit in the kingdom of God. I want to be constantly bringing forth fruit in his kingdom. It says the leaves never wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever we do as we walk with the Lord can prosper. And so, but I, I love that there are practical instructions here. He doesn't just say, oh, we need to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. It's great. You know, go figure it out. We have some concrete instructions here. First things not to do, right? Then things to do. So what not to do? Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. There's a lot of thoughts out there, thoughts of the world. Um... I think of these as things that, you know, most people think are fine. Most people out there, you know, you just do this or that, and it's just what you do. But maybe they don't honor God, and we need to be mindful of those things. They don't stand in the way of sinners. We need to be mindful of where we're going on in, our, in our walk, where we're going even in our, our media and different things like that. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Get far away from them. And don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Of course, we never want to get to the point where we just think, oh, the words of God, huh, I can do better. And I hope we're not in danger of that. But now we come to the things that, are, that we're supposed to do. It says his delight is in the law of the Lord. We are to delight in the law of the Lord. And I know I've, I've had conversations before that sometimes it, it can seem a little daunting to delight you know, to, to be a person who just delights in the law of the Lord. Maybe we ebb and flow. I think we've, maybe if we know Christ, we've all delighted in the law of the Lord at some point. But, um, you know, if you, just, if you just have that thought that, man, I, I love the Lord, but I don't know if I'm delighting in Him. Um, I would just say that's something that we're all working on, that you need to work on, that you need to be... Um, re repetitively, consciously just loving, loving God more and more. That we need to come to his, his law, his word, and purpose to delight in it. Just purpose, you know, with, with the assurance that life does come from his word, that goodness does come from his word, that peace and blessing come from his word, and that we can delight in his law. Says he meditates in his law day and night. You got to have it with you. All the blessings in this river, all the amazing things we're talking about, they don't come until we get in deep with the Word of God. 
We have to be in it day and night. It's the words of truth, especially now that in the world there are so many lies. There are lies everywhere coming to us in the form of words, in the form of all kinds of forms, okay? Um, but we're to meditate, we're to study in the law of the Lord day and night, in the words of God, because they're true, because they are life-giving. And then we can be like that tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit, prospering. So it's a, it's a wonderful promise, really. Now I want to get back to Jesus where we started, we started in John chapter 7 with, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. So in another place, he said it a little bit differently, Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Oh, it's such a beautiful invitation. Come, receive from Christ. And I think the reason for this podcast even to even talk about things, these things becomes apparent when we just ask the question, how are we doing with living easy and light? Is that how your life feels? If you just if I ask you to describe your life, is that is that something that comes up? It's not always for me. Yeah, my life is easy and light. I have rest in my soul. But here's the thing. That's what Christ offers. Christ says, come. You will find rest to your souls. You'll find my yoke to be easy, my burden to be light. And man, how, do we, how much do we need that? How much do our souls need rest? Our souls are burdened by so many things in this world. You might say, especially in these times, but probably at any time, at every time in history, people need rest for their souls. And it's only available one place, and that's in Christ. So, you know, this is not meant to be critical. If, you know, if you're not living with rest in your soul and you're not feeling easy and light, um, you're not doing it right and shame on you. No, this is not that at all. Uh, this is meant in compassion. I think when Jesus said it, and now and as I'm saying it, repeating his words, it's, it's compassion to say, you know, right now, even if your path seems a thousand miles away from easy and light and restful, Jesus says, come, come and drink. Come and experience. I have rest for you. He doesn't look at you with disappointment, you know, wishing you were doing better at this. He looks at you with compassion. He just says, come, come and drink. And um, not that we just use this to minimize, I don't want to minimize trials that people go through. They're, they're legitimately tough, you know, there's some tough things out there. But they don't diminish the abundance of peace and of rest that is available in Christ. And I think it's worth pointing out in another scripture, Jesus doesn't just say, come once, take one drink. He says, abide in me. Right, John 15 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
So he says, abide in me, come to me and take of the water of life, but do it continuously. You got to stay connected to the vine. And that, of course, is our desire. We have to. We have to stay connected to Jesus because we don't have any life in us unless we're abiding in him. Later on in that chapter, he says, um, he gives it a little more meaning. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So we're abiding in Christ, and that means to abide in his love. Um, what a blessing that is. To purpose to love Jesus is so important. To return to his love, to abide there in the love that he has for us, and um, to then express our love for him. He goes on to say, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So to keep, the word, the Greek word there for keep means to treasure, to take these things and hold them close, to treat them as something precious. The commandments, the words that God, that Jesus gives to us, we're to hold those close, just like it talked about in Psalm 1. And in doing so, we will abide in the love of Christ. And then I love verse 11. This will be the last verse for this chapter for today. It says, These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now that just sounds wonderful to me. I want my joy to be full. I want your joy to be full. Jesus spoke these things to us so that our joy would be full. And again, if you're feeling like, well, my joy is not full at the moment, Jesus says, hey, keep abiding in my love. Keep abiding, keep, keep on keeping my commandments. Abide in me. Your joy will be full. We're getting there, he says, I think. These things I've written to you that your joy may be full. That's something that's available in the river of the life of Jesus Christ. Something to be thankful for. Absolutely. So going on with this idea that, just a couple more verses here, but going on with this idea that, that Jesus provides all these things, I want to turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. It says that their hearts, he's talking about uh, what he wants for these Christians he's writing to, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So I just want to point that out to say, all these treasures of wisdom and knowledge that we long for in our life, they're available in the Father and in Christ. It says they're hidden there, and that doesn't mean they're undiscoverable, but it might mean we have to dig, dig for them a little bit, dig in his word, discover just what are these treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are available in Christ? So in closing, I just want to say that as we pursue the river of the life of Christ, to be planted by that river, to grow and bring forth fruit, to be closer to Jesus, to abide in Him, as we pursue all these things, I want to remind us uh, of two things. First of which is, in this pursuit, we have an adversary. Just have to remember that we have an enemy, an adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he would oppose, of course, any effort that we make to draw closer to Christ. So we just have to keep that in mind. 
It's not something that we fear because we have power over our enemy through the power of Christ, but it's something we are told to be aware of, to look out for. And so, but contrary to that, the next thing I want to share is that we have a shepherd. We have a Lord who is with us, will never leave us or forsake us. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. None of these blessings that come from this river will be lacking to me um, when I am serving the shepherd. So I won't be in want. It says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. So we ask the Lord to please lead us and guide us. Lord, I just pray to you that you would lead us beside the still waters. Lead us to the river of life. Lord, open our eyes to all of the blessing, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ and in the Father. Lord Jesus, we give ourselves to you to be led by the still waters. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you, everyone who's listening, to join me and my guests that I'll have here at There's a River podcast uh, for bi-weekly discussions on planting ourselves firmly beside the river of life and on receiving the blessing that flows from the throne of God.